1: Hello, listeners. Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 171 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co hosts, Linda Sarovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wiggin. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Allison. So uh, we appreciate you listeners for bearing with us as we took our own, our very own all-star break uh, last week and didn't have a podcast. So we are back. Uh, first, second half pod. Um, as it so happens, last week would have been kind of the best week to record a podcast, maybe all season
2: and the only good week to record a podcast. Um, I think we'll get another good week. Yeah, maybe uh, one more good Another week. good week. Maybe. We'll sure. see. Um, I, I'm, gonna, I'm going out on a limb. We will get a whole week where it's not horrible. Mankey's bold prediction. That's wow. That's my bold second half second prediction. Half. Let's go. Uh,
1: <laughs> we, we should set like over-unders or not over-unders, but like lines on like what. I mean, uh, under. Definitely under. <laughs> no, not, I don't even mean over-unders. Like but just like set betting lines on like which week of the season it will be. Or like, I guess over-unders on like before before August 31st, after August 31st. Like when will the good week be?
2: Yeah, I'll have to think about that. I'll have to look at the schedule. I'm going to say the week I'm uh, away from uh, vacation, Mm, so I don't enjoy it. That's that's always a good week to pick. When are the Phillies back in town?
1: Ooh, yeah, true. I don't know.
2: All right. Um, But yeah, no, that was was the week.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, since we last recorded um, a podcast, uh, which was like right before like July 4th, um, the Mets had a six-game winning streak during that time. Um, but then they uh, this was heading into the break but then they lost four straight games uh, the final two games of the Padres series right before the all-star break and the first two games of the Dodgers series after the all-star break before finally salvaging the series finale against the Dodgers in extra innings yesterday as we record this on Monday so I'm talking about Sunday Um, yeah so things were feeling good it seemed like the Mets were back baby like Maybe they could put a little bit of a run together. Like, obviously, they were still, even after the six-game winning streak, pretty far out of contention. I think at the peak, they were, like, five or six games out of the wild card when they had won those six games in a row. But it was, like, at least, like, you could squint your eyes and see it for a bit. It was like they swept a Diamondbacks team that had been performing quite well. Um, and they, you know, they kind of took it to them. They, they handled them pretty well. And then right away, it was almost like, no, no,
2: no, <laughs> these are the 2023 Mets. You, you forget. <laughs> I feel like they never beat the Padres though.
1: Yeah, true. Even when the Padres are also equally disappointing, uh, as the I Mets feel like we've, season.
2: we've been playing a lot of the equally disappointing teams <laughs> and, and we, it turns out, no, it's not equally, no. It's yeah. unequal.
1: Yeah. I mean and the, the like the vibes started off great against the Padres luckily uh and more of this later on my walk off win. Um luckily the uh the, the they won the first game of the series which was the one game I attended on Friday and it was like a really fun game like they won in extra innings it was exciting. Um but you did see like you know bits and pieces of the of the twenty twenty three Mets that we know at this point, uh rearing their ugly heads during that you did, game. You did
2: almost say that we know and love. That, no, <laughs> and you that we know <laughs> that we know and hate. Um
1: They played very bad defense in that game. Um, You know, they Mm -hmm. they were kind of lucky to pull it out in extras. Um, There were a couple of things that broke right for them, like that funny Tommy Fam Deke of Hae Song Kim that, like, kind of was lucky for them and they won in spite of themselves. And then the the final two games of the Padres series and the first two games of the Dodgers series, particularly the Saturday game, were absolutely disastrous. Just horrible (laughs) baseball. Uh
2: buck's best either right
1: terrible ter- just terrible in every sense yeah, like, ter- yeah, terrible it. managing although like you know the pitching's been fine the starting pitching's been better now verlander did walk six batters um against the dodgers but they didn't score any runs so like i can't get too upset and like Justin Verlander's final line was ultimately fine. Obviously, you want more than fine from Justin Verlander, but the offense didn't show up, and Scherzer pitched great. You know, the offense didn't show up; they almost Sango lost. Sango was also like, great. Sango was also great. Like the the starting pitching is is figuring itself out, you know, like Carrasco had a great start in his last start. Like the starting pitching is actually looking okay, which has been the thing that's been their issue all year. Of course, the second that the starting pitching kicks itself into gear, they stop hitting. And it's like, this is what it's been with this team all year. They can never do everything right at the same time. They do one thing well and everything else poorly. And that's just the way, that's how That's how bad bat- baseball teams play. Like, even bad baseball teams can look good at a thing on occasion. But yeah, it's just it's it's not good right now. It's bad.
2: I I just feel Saturday's game was a microcosm of the season in a whole. Like the embarrassing defense, the bad managerial decisions, the no offense, but bad relief pitching. pitching. Yeah, bad relief pitching. From the non-Robertson contingent of the bullpen. <laughs> that I, I had a recap big game and it was brutal i was so cranky watching it. I, re- I recapped friday's game and it also was not i mean
1: it wasn't quite as bad as saturday's game but ju- recapping justin Verlander walking six batters was not a fun time
2: yeah. it was a similar genre
1: similar genre of bad um and you know just like outclassed by the Dodgers in every way and like yes they won the Sunday game they pulled it out in extra innings because Luis Guillorme hit a little like Deek down the line game-winning single like that's just a BAPIP thing that they kind of lucked into um they didn't win because they like hit the cover off the ball or anything
2: and it was Um, again Bucks' decisions that even made it get to that point
1: Yes, uh, we did. We did. Trevor got eighth inning guy, and that went about as expected. Um, he did. David Robertson pitched two innings in that game, so he was clearly available for two innings. But he didn't pitch in the eighth when they had the
2: lead. And he he was before the all star break. Well, I was wondering if he had been available for two innings yesterday. Why was he not available for one? any of the prior two days Mm -hmm. (laughs) exactly it's just he has to pitch the ninth with a lead but but the thing is is like buck
1: has used robertson in the eighth inning on many occasions this season this is like regression managing like this is like going backwards like he's he's demonstrated that he's willing to do this with robertson in the past he did it with edwin diaz
2: the season before too much success, might I add.
1: Like, just, um, there's
2: just no sense of urgency. Has he just given up on the season?
1: Yeah, like I, I don't know what it is. Like, I think I said this in the previous podcast, but Buck is like managing like a guy who like wants to like prove a point to the front office or something like that. Yeah. Almost at times, like, all right, you're giving me this Trevor got guy. All right, that's who I'm using then. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh,
2: great. And he uses T.J. Stewart way too much, too. Yes. It also occurs to me that if there were alien body snatchers who had taken over Buck Showalter and they got everything they needed to know about his personality from Twitter in 2016, then that's what they would come up with is the Buck Showalter that we have now. is like what everybody complained about him over the last 10 years and just turned that into actually a manager. Yep.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, I feel like it's he's like unrecognizable from even like Orioles version of Buckshow Walter that I know. Like, it's yeah, he's like regressing. Like, it's not just like no learning has occurred, like unlearning sometimes occurs. And it's, I don't get it. Um, but I think it's just like, I think it's partially just. Because this is the same manager that managed the 2022 Mets, right? And not to say he didn't make mistakes last year, but I think part of it is just that, like, when the team's playing bad, you notice every single mistake that he makes.
2: Um, and, But part of it is, I think, that he's actually getting worse. I don't know. Yeah. But he's not doing and- himself any favors either with his post-game comments. Like, no, I don't think those were uncompetitive at-bats when they struck out on three pitches. Well, like, you're... You- they're sticking up from your players and then they're seeming coming off as delusional. Like there has to be a way you can, and I get they're losing a lot. So we are probably tired of being asked the same questions over and over again, but that's not what a fan base wants to hear when they only get one hit. And it was the first hit of the game. Like where's the responsibility here? Yeah, and I mean, the only way for him
1: to stop being asked those questions is for them to stop losing all the time. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, now we've reached the point where, because, you know, in order for the Mets to sort of salvage this season and avoid having to be sellers at the deadline, basically, they would have had to have kept that winning streak going. Not necessarily, like, have a 10 or 11 game winning streak, They but they would have had to have, like, keep winning like you know three out of every four games for a while um and they have not done that so it's at the point now where they are so far out with so many teams ahead of them that it would kind of be silly not to sell at least the pieces that have any sort of value at all um I mean people have talked about like Scherzer and Verlander but I don't even know what you get for those guys at this point, when they have when they're being paid the money that they're being paid, um, so their best trade chips at this point are likely
2: David Robertson and Tommy Pham. I mean, they could probably eat a big chunk of that salary on sure. Verlander and Scherzer. I mean that that's probably the best. That's probably the best way ahead in terms of turning something into hay. Yes, and that is the advantage of having
1: steve cohen as the owner um in addition to the the types of trades that they made like the one for trevor got where they just like took all of chris flexen's money and then dfa'd him basically ate that money in order to buy the pitcher that they wanted um now they can do the trades that the wilpons were never willing to do which is get better prospects back for your for your trade chips by eating salary um and so they can do that um they can do that with robertson and fam on a smaller scale and they could do it with
2: verlander and scherzer if they wanted to um the deal would still have to be there though it has to be good enough yes i don't trust epler to make that deal yeah
1: yeah <laughs> there's also yeah exactly can billy epler execute that uh i don't think so no um Billy Epler has his strengths, maybe maybe strength singular, uh, which is that he brought Kodai Senga here. He is really good in the Asian market and has established relationships with these players um, and could potentially be the reason that Shohei Otani becomes a Met. If that does come to pass, it would probably be like largely Billy Epler's doing. That is basically his only value at this point.
2: (laughs) Although also, props to Kodai at the All-Star Game being a sleeper, oh, agent. putting in the yes. work. Yes. yes.
3: Oh my he God! What Appreciate that. you,
1: Kodai. <laughs> oh, yes, for talking, talking to Otani and uh, palling around with him, and like Otani seems to legitimately uh, like and like like Kodai Senga, and they seem to be legitimately
2: friends. And he seems really great. to be one of the most likable people. Yes. Yes. I mean, he's just I'm not just saying that because he's my dude, although also because he's my dude. But (laughs) um, (laughs) he yeah, he's just like so charming and funny. And he has been such a like bright spot. Maggie, you are on year three, I think, of your dudes being. Yeah. Well, and it's three for three because I don't think we did them in 2020 or I blacked out. Um, possibly impossible um but yeah no i had uh taiwan walker during his best year um and then mark Hanna last year didn't you have a mid rosario one year oh yeah i did he was kind of okay yeah that might have been the biggest
1: the closest to what we would call a
2: flop but i feel like you've had overwhelming success of dudes like the most success of the three of us (laughs) and to be fair i had nothing to go on with rosario yeah. i had no reason to think anything good was gonna
1: happen <laughs> my my biggest failure was was this year john curtis i thought he would Aww. be like a key part Aww. of that bullpen alas
2: i'm still holding out hope for lucchese yeah
1: linda and i are str- <laughs> linda and i's dudes are struggling this year <laughs> they're on the struggle bus yeah um and it's
2: just a sh- it's just on a shuttle route to and from
1: <laughs> from syracuse and yeah syracuse. seriously and like i mean like uh, there aren't many dudes we could have picked that would have been much price.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the thing, man. Yeah, well, that's kicking. what's been tough about this year, is that, like, it feels like all of their potential dudes have flopped, whereas last year, all of the potential dudes did not. Yeah. yeah. like, And that's, you know, that's the difference. Like, Pete's in one of his slumps
1: again. Like, what is worth watching at this point. It's basically Kodai Sanga and Francisco Alvarez right now. And like, that's going to be the, like after they trade all the guys with any value, that's, those are going to be the only guys to watch the games. The only reason. And I guess to see if like, you know, I don't know if you're a person who's particularly inspired by like Ronnie Mauricio and Mark Vientos, like God bless, then there will be a reason to watch to see if they're anything. Um, but I just, yeah, it's, it's bleak and it'll get, it's only going to get bleaker once they sell off their, their pieces, if they do. I
2: I feel like losing to the Padres and Dodgers kind of saved them from Epler doing something stupid. Save them from themselves. (laughs) Yeah. That is also true. So I feel like it might've been a blessing in disguise. A little bit. Yeah. Because like,
1: if they had won those two series not even like swept them both or anything like that if they won two out of three in each of those series or something like that and on on top of the like six game winning streak that they had right before that i think that they could have like squinted their eyes and been like oh we're still in it which i wouldn't have even been like like i wouldn't have even argued with them or been opposed to that because like that's what you want right you want teams to try who are within striking distance you want them to try but it would have just sucked if they had kind of stood pat, and you know nothing came. Or of worse,
2: it. like Bought. traded off somebody for I don't know some band aid. That yeah. I mean, there's definitely worse things they could have done than stand pat.
1: And I think that I mean, you know, Linda, you and I were talking about this in Slack a little bit earlier. Yeah, and it's like. It's not very inspiring to think about the last time that they kind of sold off all these like veterans on expiring contracts, a la Tommy Pham and David Robertson. The last time they did that was 2017 when they sold off like Lucas Duda, Curtis Granderson, um, and all they and at got. At the end of it all, we got Drew Smith. Exactly. So that does not exactly inspire confidence. It's like thinking to ourselves, "Oh boy, we get another Drew Smith at the end yeah. of all of this." And all we yeah,
2: all cost <laughs> us. That's excited.
1: Yeah, like but on the other hand, I do think, I mean, I don't I, I don't exactly I pretend to remember what the market was like in 2017 at that time. The 2017 se- 2017 season is something I tried not to remember. Um, but like there are so few teams actually selling this year that I think that they might get something of value. For
2: but his. the problem is you're competing with cardinal stars like fam's cheaper but do you want nolan Arenado as a bat or do you want tommy fam yeah well you know
1: fam's cheaper
2: <laughs> it <sure is. laughs> I mean, but it's only for oh i guess he, i don't know how long i Ar- think robertson is by far their most valuable treasure. yeah and i think that robertson.
1: he will command i mean he that He was traded at the deadline last year, and the Phillies dealt a pretty good prospect for him last year, if I recall. And, and I'm not well-versed in the Phillies system, but I remember people saying at the time that it was a hefty price that they paid.
2: Um, I think if Scherzer rattles off a couple of really solid starts and they pay most of his salary, he will also garner something worthwhile. But yeah. he has to get a co- off a couple more good starts. Yeah. Which he has done lately. I mean, he that's one thing. I mean, that's it's like, oh, great. They can trade him as opposed to like, oh, great. We get to have something worth watching. Yeah, in right. The month of September. Um, uh, but they do have to have someone
1: pitch those games. And uh, at least Jose Quintana is set to make his season debut on Thursday. So um, the rotation that the Mets thought that they were going to have uh at the start of the season will finally all be there. <laughs>
2: Better late than never. Better late than never, I suppose. It's like when Harvey Wheeler DeGrom Yeah, they're going to get their one
1: turn before Scherzer's 10, traded. <laughs> oh,
2: who else? Yeah. Was, <laughs> they got in their one The five turn aces, so you know, yeah, injured.
1: Harvey, DeGrom, uh, Lindgaard,
2: Wheeler, uh, Syndergaard,
1: Wheeler Cinder- Nats. Yes.
2: Oh, they got one, one turn? turn of the rotation. Now we will get our super rotation one turn one time.
1: Um, yeah. Before Scherzer's traded, I don't. I don't actually think Scherzer's gonna be traded.
2: I don't know. Maybe he will be. We'll see. I don't That's... think so. Because um, then you're you're essentially paying for a pitcher twice. You're paying to make Scherzer go away, and then you have to sign somebody in the offseason replace him. Yeah. yeah. I guess that is the yeah the question exactly. So we'll I can see. think of somebody I, who could replace him.
1: <laughs> we'll see. Uh, hopefully, Quintana does well. Um, at this point, you just kind of gotta hope for the the little wins, like you know, little reasons to find joy. It's at this point, um, despite the the only difference being the super sky high expectations of this team, it's just another one of those those Mets seasons <laughs> where they're not going anywhere. We're used to these, just not ones where they have the highest payroll in baseball. <laughs> So we will see. Um, but in the meantime, we will still be here every week, sadly, talking about the Mets, regardless of what they do. Um, and this week in the second half of the show, we have a really cool segment for you guys where we bring on some of our favorite favorite white Sox ladies to preview um the White Sox series and talk a little bit about the White Sox this year another disappointing team that the Mets will
2: surely lose to um (laughs) congratulations in advance White Sox fans exactly
1: and sort of commiserate about both of our teams struggling and being unwatchable for most of the season um it should be a fun chat so uh yeah we look forward to chatting with them and you'll hear it in the second half of the show so get excited folks Hey, folks, welcome back Uh, for the second half of the show this week. We have some of our favorite White Sox ladies on to preview the upcoming series and commiserate about our two disappointing baseball clubs. Um, So welcome to Crystal. Hi, Crystal. Hello. And Keelan. What's up, Keelan? Hello. And say hello to Colleen. Hello. And Janice is here, too. What's up, Janice?
3: Hey, what is up, y'all?
1: So, we're so happy you guys could all come on. So, thank you so so much. Um we'll just get things started by um asking you all about obviously we we uh, we can commissary. We both know what it's like to root for a struggling ball club this season in the year of our Lord 2023. Um yeah. <laughs> And you know, uh so it what do, from a, from the White Sox perspective, like, what has been kind of the biggest driver behind the White Sox particular struggles this season, do you think?
0: I mean,
3: <laughs> yeah, I would start with, like,
0: oh, go ahead, Janice.
3: Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You could pretty much start everywhere. There, there has been so many, like, huge, like, lost expectations for at least the past two, three years. And uh yeah, I mean the White Sox got a new manager, uh, essentially hand- handed out the biggest contract in team history to Andrew Ben uh, <laughs> uh, and the dude just hit his first home run just a few weeks ago, and, and we're already in the midpoint of the season. So I mean, I know he's not known for his like uh, just massive power, but still, though, I mean we've been expecting plenty of run production at least like, from one spot, but. Uh, yeah, uh, essentially, a uh, big deal is that uh, they were supposed to be good on paper. It was like, on paper, this is a great organization. But, uh, yeah, the, the product on the field certainly does not reflect that.
0: Yeah, and like Gina said, you know, Andrew Benatendi is the biggest contract in the team history. Like, he's got a $75 million guarantee, and he's the team... Leader in batting average at 290 with a mm-hmm. like 353 on base percentage. And I saw, like, I was looking at that today and I was like, that sucks. <laughs> like, just like objectively, that sucks. And like, <coughs> that, yeah, really, that fucking guy? Well, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. Oh, you can. It's <laughs> we um, swear a lot. <laughs> yay.
3: Um, gotta have to. yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: definitely. Uh, but like, you know, they're the, I guess for me, it all goes back to like, it's, you know, starting with Tony LaRussa, um, the second time, not the first time and, you know, bringing him in because, uh, Jerry felt bad that Hawk fired him in the eighties. And it was like, well, there's kind of a reason they fired him in the eighties because he sucked, you know? And like, you know, thanking God when he couldn't finish finish out last season and they were just so bad. And then Pedro Griffal and everyone's like, well, okay. Like give this guy a chance. And like, look how the season turned out. Like they have Mike Clevenger. They basically gave the finger to the fans. They got a new manager and like essentially just kept things as business as usual. And like, did y'all think something would change here? Like, I don't know. Like, does the org think that everyone's stupid? I mean, and they knew something was going on because uh, they canceled SoxFest. Like, that should have been our clue that they just <laughs> didn't give a shit.
4: Yeah, yeah, I saw someone on Twitter say that uh, Tony Larissa was just a symptom of the larger problem. And I was like, that's a great way to put it, because I think that <laughs> yes! describes exactly. That was just like one <laughs> symptom among many.
5: Um, I'll also say obviously every single team deals with injury but we have had so many players just playing with clear injuries like Tim Anderson right now has not been right since last season I think he's still playing hurt and then just kind of the carousel of Eloy Jimenez, Juan Moncada, Luis Robert Jr. like all these players that are they're playing injured clearly but There is no one else to come in for them and be productive in this game. And the White Sox refused to properly use the injured list. That sounds familiar.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, we broke free from bad ownership, finally, um, even though the team does not. So is it... (laughs) So is the White Sox's issue stem from ownership? Is it just a, an organizational failure? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All the shit it, comes yeah. from
0: the top. Yep. It's a huge problem. And like for people who don't pay that close of attention to Chicago sports, you know, going back to like the nineties. So Jerry Reinsdorf, who owns the White Sox, also owns the Chicago Bulls. Oh. And he, you know what, the... The reason the Bulls were so good was because of Jordan for so long and I mean and that's not a secret right but then you know after the you know the dynasty and all of that the Bulls have haven't been good and they've been garbage and they were garbage for a really long time and then you know Reinstorf stepped away from like the day-to-day ownership business and now his son Michael runs the team I mean and they're, they're nowhere near what they used to be but like they're not as bad as they had been for so long and i think the same is true with the white Sox right now is that jerry you know he he's too much he's not involved as poorly as the Wilpons were which like oh um but he's he's not doing the team any favors and there's not like unless he sells the team which you know he's not going to do or if he dies things aren't changing <laughs>
4: I also wonder, I wonder how much he even, back in like January or February, I don't actually remember, he went to, he spoke at some kind of conference and his response to some of the questions about like, I should be able to like talk to fans and understand what they want. They were just so, they did not match the action. So that made me wonder how much he's even there. If he's just like, like gone somewhere else. I don't know. That was very weird oh yeah for sure
0: well and he, you know and jerry like familiar to everybody in the city jerry's a big loyalty guy like he's not gonna fire anybody he you know he brought back tony la because he was sad his buddy got fired in the 80s so oh, yeah medicine. like
3: yeah
0: oh big time it's chicago come on <laughs> 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 that's, just, that's just how we do <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to have a
1: if you're going to have an owner meddling, you kind of want the Hal Steinbrenner version of meddling then. Yes. You know like that
0: version. <laughs> Get um, one of your kids banned from working at baseball operations. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, or or Steve Cohen's version of
1: meddling. Like I know that the Mets have not worked out this year, but um you know you want an owner who's gonna step in and say listen pay this guy whatever it takes to get
0: him to come here sort of thing um yeah and that's hilarious to me because like jerry didn't want to approve the sale of the mets specifically because cohen was gonna spend money he's like (laughs) he's gonna spend too much money it's like it's not your money what the fuck do you care
1: (laughs) well he's worried about him setting the bar for everybody else and exposing like what like, you know, which, <laughs> which he, it turns out that he didn't really have much to worry about because now all, now guys like Jerry can point to the 2023 Mets and be like, look at the poster child of spending and failing. And I'm like, great.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the one time Cheers. we spend.
3: <laughs> well, it, just like the, that's the, the probably one example. Oh, probably like the one example through history of maybe spending, They've been winning, but like there's there's a large. Yep. Well, just
0: my favorite part about like Steve came in and he's like, I'm gonna be Uncle Steve and I'm gonna spend money and it's gonna be a new organization and a new culture, and like, I mean, yeah, bringing in Buck Showalter, like. I'm a, i ai will stand Buck Walter. Like I will die on that hill. I don't think he's the problem. I think the fact that they didn't fully clean house in terms of coaching staff has been part of the has been a big part of the problem. And like, you know, it's same thing with the White Sox. Like they go in slumps, people get hurt, all of those things. But I think one of the big problems the Mets have had is overall coaching staff. Like it's not just Buck, right? It's It's other people, too.
1: I mean, at a certain point, like when the I mean, we can we can say that the players aren't performing to their standard. And that's true. Um, But at a certain point, it becomes like a something about their coaching philosophy that is failing, Um, whether it be the pitching staff and Jeremy Hefner, who it seems to be well respected around baseball. But like there is no actual evidence that he's good at this, like in terms of results. Um, like who? I,
0: like I Cooper.
1: <laughs> who's who has Jeremy Hefner fixed? Certainly not David Peterson. Certainly not like. <laughs> you know, oh God! You know, the, like, and you know, Verlander and Scherzer's struggles are a different thing. Like they're veterans; they've been doing this a long time. But like, I look at guys yeah. like David Peterson and Tyler McGill, and I think to myself, like, what evidence is there that this coaching staff is helping them? None,
0: right. really. Um, right, and so, we and
3: the
0: White Sox saw that too. With their their pitching coaches for example like Cooper got like I, I have no idea how he was able to ride out on that team so long like even Ozzy, you know got let go a few years after the World Series and you know they brought in Ethan Katz because oh my god Ethan Katz is so great you know he was doing such great work at you know as the assistant coach on the you know and the Giants and at the, the high school everybody comes from in California that I can't think of the name of right now Harvard, um Westlake. Or- Harvard Westlake. Thank you. <laughs> Words are hard, but like the last couple seasons, I mean, there's been some struggles, and at some point, it's like, okay, you, you got to look at, like you guys said, the coaching philosophy. Like, what is going on?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's like you know, with the White Sox, it's like it's one thing when like Lance Lynn is is doing what Lance Lynn is doing, um, but it's yeah. another thing when you're not like maximizing what you can get out of like younger guys that starts to be an issue of like coaching and player development um, Mm -hmm. which the Mets also suck at
0: Dylan Seach just got his first win in two months like oh my god
2: what the yeah And and, and, didn't Giolito take a step back this year too or am I making that up last season he did this season he's been better-ish yeah
3: Yeah. if if you're (laughs)
1: Um, so we will, um, next thing I want to ask y'all about is, uh, similarly, like bonding over, like finding, finding reasons to be positive or finding reasons to tune in. When the team is not living up to expectations, which is something that, you know, the Mets and White Sox have in common this season for like different reasons, but, you know, ultimately it's the same Mm -hmm. sort of feeling. Um, And so I think on the Mets side of things, it's been. The performance of Kodai Senga um, and the emergence of Francisco Alvarez for the most part. Um, Those have been the two like biggest bright spots this season, like kind of by far. Um, And so I'm wondering for each of you, like, what is your like reason to watch White Sox games these days? Like, what is your reason to tune in?
5: Aside Does from Swart, to write about this <laughs> I was say that, that doesn't count, Crystal. That's cheating. No, that's well, fair. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I'll say mine has been Jake Berger.
2: He just hit,
5: word. I think it, it was either twenty-one or twenty-two the other night for home runs, and this guy didn't make the opening day roster, but he mm-hmm. has been so much fun to watch, and he is just. Probably one of the best guys in baseball, just in like pure kindness and advocacy for mental health. Um, That's a big yep. part of who he is. You know, he's he tore his ACL twice and almost never played baseball again and then is back and is one of the hottest hitters on our team. You know, where you Didn't can be he also watching an Achilles thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah
0: he had all kinds of crazy yeah
5: he's he's been through the ringer and then he Mm -hmm. comes back doesn't make opening day roster gets called up because you know obviously injuries keep happening and then he's you know one of again the hottest home run hitters you can you can scroll twitter while you're watching a game and if he does anything you suddenly see like 12 people tweet out burger bomb at the same time he's just he's fun he's really nice and i just He's like the one person right now that I just can honestly say I enjoy watching him. Even if he's kind of slumping, he's, he's still been a lot of fun this season. Is this where I admit that I don't watch the team?
0: Oh yeah, sure. (laughs) Obviously. I haven't been watching. It's just so painful to watch and like, God bless Crystal and Janice and Keelan for being able to do it while not in, you know, I don't. I just actually can't. not I often, <laughs> <laughs> like you, Polly, know, and I'm like, Ugh. but yeah, I just can't. Like I, li- you know, I I went through it the rebuild the quote unquote rebuild seasons. I can't fucking do it. <laughs> I'm tired, y'all. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, like if you're not enjoying it, then it's not worth it. Um, Yeah, no. I think
4: uh, baseball's supposed to be fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. With Mike, that's why we're watching other teams. Yeah, even before the season even started, I think with Mike Clevenger, it was going to make it very difficult to watch and enjoy because. Yeah. How can you support a team that is throwing it in our faces, basically, um, that they have somebody like him on it? Um, and he yeah. himself has been terrible about it and some of the way he's reacted to, to things, um, like when he interviews. Uh, but I will say, I'm yeah. kind of surprised by uh, Gregory Santos, who I don't think any of us were really paying that much attention to before this season started. And now um, in terms of like f he's like, Fourth on the team, which is insane to me because I had no idea really who he was that well before the season.
3: Yeah,
0: I will always have a soft spot for Elvis Andrus. Just I love him so much. He's a fun player. <laughs> he is great. Yeah. He's he has, so fun. He has some great stories too about his his anxiety and stuff as well. So I agree. Colin. Yeah. he's awesome. he's just he's a wonderful human, and like I loved him and Adrian, or his and Adrian's friendship. Like, I was very lucky to be able to see them live in Texas together. And just, I love them so much. Because um, my husband and I were there the weekend that Adrian hit his like 2000th hit. Um, we were actually at the game the day before. <laughs> and we saw him get up to like one, or maybe it was 3000th. I don't remember. But we saw him get like one or two away. Um, but him and Elvis just on the field together were always such a delight. Um, but yeah, I just, like Keelan said, like with all the Mike Clevenger stuff, it basically was a finger to the fans. And after that, after that, I was like, you know, I know that the team doesn't care about me like as a person, like I'm not an idiot. Right. Like I know baseball teams don't fucking care about you, but just that kind of did it for me. I'm like, you really just don't. Give a shit, and to come out and say, like, "Oh, well, we didn't know my ass." All right, my bad, Irish butt. You didn't know because, like, it's <laughs> yeah. it's been out it's been out there since he was on Cleveland, right? That he was that he did some shit, yeah. To like his yeah. kid's moms,
2: and he was like, best friends it, with Trevor Bauer, like and, the company. And, yeah, he-
5: and Trevor Bauer has also been talking about how Clevenger has been a bad person like yeah when pot calls, I mean when pot meets kettle it's it's pretty sad that you still <gasps> pick that right right yeah, when and it's just when funny. Trevor Bauer says that you're a
4: bad
0: person <laughs> that's something else oh yeah he's like really that guy thinks that you're a bad person you need to reevaluate your life
6: yeah. Do, all of, do you guys remember when Clevenger actually had a gold digger by uh, Kanye West as oh, his walkout music? And double down yeah. there. Like, like, yes. Like, how, that how, how this yeah. very
1: show, we covered that on the this- show. <laughs> right. And I'm just thinking, think- like, how
6: fucking disrespectful. It's so, just like, not Not only am I going to like double down, but essentially he's just telling all of us to go fuck ourselves, which I'm yep. just like, like, what the hell, man? Like this team fucking
4: hates us. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah, it's, yep. it's, yeah, this is like, we can commiserate about this too, because this is something that Mets fans all dealt with when the Mets re-signed Jose Reyes after after jose reyes Woof. was yeah. uh, a domestic yeah. abuser obviously his first runaround with the mets he was that that incident had yet to occur um and he became a beloved icon for the mets um during that time uh when he came up at the same time as david wright they were the shortstop their base tandem of that era of mets baseball everyone loved jose reyes then he shoved his wife through sliding glass door and the mets yep. brought him back anyway mm-hmm. afterwards
0: um, I can love those will man. Woo.
2: Yeah. Well, then good. everything that came out after that too, with the toxic workplace and Mickey Calloway, yep. it just seemed like a culture they were fostering.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, and I remember we talked about this at the time with, uh, with we had we had our fa- some of our favorite cups folks on, and they talked about Addison Russell at that time. Yep. Um, and we yep. talked about commiserating about what it's like to be a woman rooting for a team that clearly doesn't care about you. Um, and the Mets demonstrated that yet again, and that they have not really changed the culture. When they, it it is just a stroke of luck that the Mets did not end up with Trevor Bauer yep. instead of the Dodgers. Oh, thanks,
5: fucking God! And by like. Way. I don't forget that. I remember it every day. Okay, yeah. Um, To be fair, the Cubs also had a Roldis Chapman. Yes. That's right. So I had to constantly donate money during that World Series run because I hate him so much. Yep. Well, and here's, like, kind of the best part about the Roldis Chapman thing.
0: They still talk about oh he did so- he was a hero in the world series i'm like he's, he's not a hero that game <laughs> at what cost he's he's not a hero to the girlfriend he pointed a fucking gun at well sure. that's
2: the thing too you know there was an uproar about that there was an uproar about the astros acquiring ozuna like they these teams directly benefited from domestic violence clearly yep. And so Manfred was like, "We'll change that. We'll make sure if you're suspended, you won't you won't be able to be you know acquired by another team." Has that happened? No, no. Nope. So clearly, we also know where Manfred's priorities are.
0: They've so only had a domestic violence policy since what, like 2015? Yeah, yeah. it was like, recent. D- yeah, like, do we need to really go back in the archives and see like what shitty men were doing before oh. they
5: got? Before we fucking looked at them? I mean, I've got an entire article about all of the things since 15, just 15 yep. alone. This is, be- oh I mean, I have some before too, but like just 15 alone, there have been probably 15, 20 incidents where something has happened and nothing was done about it.
1: Oh, I yep. mean, like Mets fans idolize the 1986 Mets. I have news for them Ooh, about that's a rough time. Yep. the character yep. of those players that you love so much who were on that team. Um, and the yep. things well, we've that got Daryl Boston
5: as a base coach.
0: <laughs> and oh, is Daryl Boston so cute? He had the little whistle yeah. that he blew and they made a good play. it made the Royals so mad. Hey. Sarah Boston also raped a girl, but you know, whatever. Yeah, it's <laughs> like oh, but it's cute because he has a whistle and it makes oh, Royals fans so mad. It's just
3: relentlessly
1: <laughs> depressing. Um, and yep. you know, like, like you, you guys were saying, like, people knew about Clevenger the way if people if if yep. people like us here on the internet, if we knew about Clevenger, you bet your ass the White Sox knew about
5: Clevenger, and we were warning yep. people about Bauer before yep. that yeah. we've been warning people about these scumbag yep. players this entire time but no one thought hey let's listen to the women nope well and like and I like
0: some national reporters sometimes what pisses me off and continue and pissed me off when it happened like ESPN oh Trevor Bauer what a quirky guy he's so cool he's so smart he's so he's so quirky and that makes people innovative yeah oh that's what makes people mad no and then our very own Jason Benetti who is also part of ESPN we would watch the games like locally they would be playing uh Cleveland oh Trevor Bauer you know he's just such a smart guy and he's so innovative and he's so interesting and have to listen to jason benetti blow smoke up this guy's ass when i know when i've complained about him on twitter like hey trevor bauer is kind of a shitty human you know i'm getting screamed at by his fan base he's also not that smart (laughs) he's He's not clearly no (laughs) no i'm sorry if you're dicking around with a fucking drone during the playoffs and you cut your finger you deserve. He's like baseball the day you have Musk. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh my exactly. God, that is such yeah. a good
2: comparison. Uh-huh. <laughs> he is baseball. So basically baseball.
6: A, a, a complete idiot's like sm- like ideal of a smart person.
2: Yeah. Yes.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's so such a good call. S- he's so fucking smug about it too. Like, oh,
2: I'm so smart. Look at me. No, no, you're not. Shut like, the fuck no, up. No, I want to pitch in Japan. Really. That- no you didn't oh Oh, yeah yeah. (laughs) it's why it's always been my dream to pitch in japan my column
0: and then get demoted
1: Uh, yeah Yeah, and then get demoted why it's always been my dream to pitch in japan's minor leagues my column (laughs) why it's always been my dream to be out of baseball forever my column
0: (laughs) it's like wow japan has a triple a didn't know that yeah it's like oh um
2: with clevenger too it wasn't just with women. I remember Francisco that Lindor abuse. having to call him out because he yeah. went out breaking protocol during the pandemic. And Lindor was pissed because Carrasco was fighting cancer at the time or just coming back from fighting cancer. And he totally yep. just blew pro- COVID protocols. Like, he's irresponsible. He's yeah, a bad teammate. It was him
0: and, um, oh, God, the, ga- the kid. completely Zach. His uncle. Cusack. Cusack.
2: Yeah, yeah, please. They,
0: you know where they went? They went to. They went over the fucking border to Indiana. I'm like, listen, if you're gonna, get, like, if you're gonna get busted partying during COVID, don't fucking do it in Indiana. Yeah. Like, are you? Are you guys fucking kidding? Where'd you go? It fucking Hobart? That's where I like to get <laughs> lit. Is Indiana? Yes.
5: Yeah. Woohoo! And <laughs> <In> Maryville. <laughs> at those gummies soak them in vodka that's what they're doing well, yeah what, you mean those
0: jello shots jello ju- shots in a jewel parking lot what
6: absolutely yeah. just like chaps my ass about this entire thing is like all right so clevenger broke protocol uh, with police act while he was in chicago and the white Sox yep. front office was like we want that Ugh. yeah that's the guy we, we want uh,
1: that's our guy we, we
6: absolutely want this like like over four era type guy who has not had great stuff like for a very very long time and so uh yeah there were just a lot of troglodytes online defending this guy and i'm like all right so he had an okay spring training but i essentially predicted that he would mat laid us out where yeah he'll have like maybe three or four really strong starts at the beginning of the year but uh, XERA doesn't lie. XFIP doesn't lie either. Like, nope. Both of those stats were sky high. And I'm like, all right, so he's going to come crashing down to earth really quickly and really soon. And lo and behold, look what happened. He essentially, like, shat himself on the mound before he went on the IL. With a phantom shoulder injury or something. And it's like, oh, no, it's like,
0: this guy's oh, such ass. Armors. You can't, exactly. <laughs> you no, know, he I just sucks. Like, Matt Latos was like a little bit likable. He had like a cat. He that had cat, cat Latos. Latos. Yes, he has did. cat, <laughs> Latos, <laughs> you know? like- he cat little, Latos. like, he did have cat. He was kind of likable in Clevenger is Not about as entertaining as no he's a garbage but, Although, yeah yeah i do, i do i do want to uh
1: 180 this and talk about the best one of the best humans on the white Sox, which is liam Hendricks, to sort of cleanse the cleanse, yes. the cleanse the timeline as they say um because we talked about reasons to tune in, um, and obviously, like le- watching Liam Hendricks come back. You know, uh, the second uh, Clevenger's second go round with a cancer survivor on his team, notwithstanding, and probably not being, you know, conscious of that or caring. Um, but the rest yep. of us care and are very excited about it. <laughs> um, and that was just like one of my favorite moments this entire season, like in all of baseball. Yeah. yeah. Him,
0: Liam out. Hendricks is a goat. Also. Yeah. Really, him- going back to him calling out Josh Donaldson, like, when Josh Donaldson was like, oh, yeah, you know, I tried to fight Giolito, and he ran away from me. And (laughs) Liam Hendricks was like, that parking lot is, like, you know, five inches big. You didn't try to fight anybody, we would have all seen it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) didn't
2: say that, like, nobody likes Donaldson, like, any of his clubhouses. Yeah, he's like, there's a reason nobody likes him.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Amazing. I'm, like, peak shit talking you're a king forever
5: <laughs> I love you <laughs> like that immediately endeared himself to me yeah he I was charmed by him you know prior to even being in the White Sox, obviously I knew who he was but I remember going to a game while he was still on the A's uh, and they were in town and I got seats right by the visitors you know bullpen and I'm sitting there watching him just kind of like be really funny and goofy in there. He was chirping back at White Sox fans, but like not in a mean way, just kind of like a chirping along with them kind of way. And he was just a blast to watch. And all I could think about was, man, this guy is so fun. Like, I wish we had someone like this, someone this fun. And then, you know, before you know it, he's on our team. So then him, you know, coming back from this cancer and it's a cancer that I'm incredibly familiar with unfortunately was just so emotional I think for everyone and his homecoming I think was just absolutely beautiful like that I don't cry very often like my antidepressants make it super hard for me to show emotion but <laughs> Liam Hendricks just got me to completely break down because I was just so happy for him because he is you you really can't find someone that's gonna shit on Liam Hendricks At all. He's just that lovable.
4: Yeah. And he's kind of also like single handedly and proudly been our like the only player on the team that's really out there like as an ally, especially Mm -hmm. for Pride. Um, He was like the face last year. I mean, obviously this year he's probably dealing with stuff, Um, Mm -hmm. but he has been like the one who, you know, there are some guys on the team who are good. And I think generally we get a good. Good feeling about them but he's the one who's like the most outspoken
5: um so it's really he wonderful wouldn't, he wouldn't come to a team that was not hosting a pride night that was his like top priority when he was you know, trying to figure out where he was going next
1: which is really just the rangers now i think yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only team just out and out not hosting a pride night i mean teams do it to varying degrees of success slash Clearly, there are teams that are more invested in it than other teams. so I'll just put it that way. Um, but yeah, I think it's just the Rangers that don't night. So yeah. I
3: mean, uh, that's the Liam least. Liam Hendricks never going to be thing. a Ranger. Oh,
2: how
5: terrible for them.
2: And I also appreciate that Hendricks is a big wife guy too. Yeah.
5: And his wife is so pretty.
2: Yeah. yeah. They we just seem like a nice guys. couple. Like, can I go hang out with them? <laughs> right.
1: Yes. They really do. Yeah, they do. Like, I feel like the Lindors are like the Mets royal family. And I feel like it's kind of like the Hendrixes are,
3: (laughs) are the uh,
0: White Sox royal family in a way.
1: Um, Just so wholesome.
0: Oh, I love. So I was, um, when my grandmother died, I was sharing a room with my sister and my baby niece. And we were trying like my niece was, you know, she's somewhere new and a lot of new people. And so she was kind of, stressed out um and i was showing her picture i was showing her video of francisco lindor's daughter um during the play after the playoff press conference when she was like looking for buck and i found like different videos on instagram of her like just dancing and oh my god my niece left it i'm like she's a lindor
1: fan oh lindor's a daughter big. is so cute she's and now so clean two of them.
0: them. oh my gosh they're so cute like ugh. Lindor
1: going full girl dad mode is like one of the well we're talking about bright spots of the Mets season like just Lindor's general girl dadness yes yes is a is a bright spot for the Mets um for sure oh so wholesome we love it um so the last topic I kind of wanted to ask y'all about was uh, about All-Star Game and Home Run Derby thoughts because we haven't recorded since uh, since the All-Star Game and since the Home Run Derby. Um, and we both had players <laughs> represented in each of these events. Um, and so I just wanted to get your general just like vibes on the whole thing. Obviously, like for us, it was kind of like, You set Pete Alonso up for failure. Yeah, (laughs)
5: Um, yeah.
1: That was unfair by matching him up against the hometown boy. And like again, terrible picture. I'm I'm not upset. I'm not upset. Like like it was a fun moment to watch Julio do his thing in front of the home crowd. Like it's fine. Yeah. totally fine but i was kind of like well, hey we I... don't have
2: anything Mets fans don't have anything this was our one thing
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I want pete to pick better pitchers for the home run derby well
5: because the last he not... couple
3: he's had were like uh... oh
5: yeah that was... him though that was i heard like the person he picked was not available and then he tried to go to someone else and they couldn't do it last minute so like they had never yeah. worked together before so yeah. that wasn't really all on pete oh terrible pitcher that he he never worked with before it was gonna
1: be like his college pitching coach was that what it was Mm i thought it was supposed to be his college
0: pitching coach
1: and he and he had like a high school pitching coach and he had a forearm strain i was like i was like what are you like uh like a freaking mlb player here a forearm
0: (laughs) strain throwing batting (laughs) excuse me yeah
1: um so i mean does
0: it does it count if the white of the white Sox having a player if it was somebody who it had to be because you have to have a player on the all like everybody has to have at least one player but not Is everybody has to have a player All-Star in the World. home
1: run derby and he was in the That's home run derby and did great and looked awesome and then he
0: wasn't in the yeah. all-star game yeah. well <laughs> yeah yeah sorry i really shouldn't laugh about that but i was like when i saw that alert i'm like of course because <laughs> he because he might be hurt like why the yeah, fuck not of course
1: yeah. <laughs> similarly anticlimactic was kodai sanga getting named as a replacement in the all-star game and then not appearing
2: yeah so oh I like, hey. I... well he didn't that was also last minute for it was I last minute i understand
1: that there were guys who were like you know not replacements who needed to pitch i get it yeah i was kind of just like, They should
2: have let him pitch to pete <laughs> yeah that would have been funny he said
4: he didn't Mon- want a lot of Mon- face Otani. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. No, <laughs> no I can't does. blame him <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, um, but
1: yeah, it was it was a fun All Star game. I mean, I know I know you guys are American League fans, but uh, I was I was happy to see the National League pull it out for a while.
0: <laughs> I know I, that was so nice. Was like, you
1: can have man, one every decade or that's so. Precious, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, a little
1: a little all-star game dub as a treat.
4: I'm the National League. I'm looking for any reason for the AL Central to be like disbanded or like absorbed in pieces to other other divisions. So at this point I'm like, cool.
0: (laughs) I have (laughs) a silk bag. (laughs) Here's the one good thing that White Sox fans can hold on to. And you know, Keelan, Crystal, and Janice all know how much I hate the Royals. White Sox fans in the AL Central can always be so happy that they will never be the worst team in the AL Central because the Kansas City Royals exist. It's true. true. And Although the Kansas City Royals it.
1: beat the New York Mets in the 2015. Yeah, they still won reason.
0: And I will never be okay. That, <laughs> no, I will not be over. <laughs> yeah, it. that one so by the way, the one time they actually fucking win something, it, it, Any Royals fan, and you guys have been lucky because you don't have to deal with Royals fans on a regular basis like White Sox fans have, you would have thought that they were the fucking Yankees the way these Royals fans act now. I'm like, guys, you won one World Series, like, ever, and Ned Yost rode that thing for like five years, all right? Like, let's calm the fuck down. You're 21 games out of first. (laughs) Again. Again.
2: Yeah, they can't suck enough for me. I'm still bitter about that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, I hated them pretty hardcore before then, and that really didn't help. I, I mean, these are guys that are long gone from the
1: Royals, but I still can't look at either Eric Hosmer's face or Mike Moustakis' face without no. feeling like no. visceral... Rage. Like, visceral rage and just, like, nausea. Like, literal nausea.
3: <laughs> yeah. Moose know-
1: is, is also
6: a Sox killer, too, so we definitely feel you there. Th- that and Lorenzo yeah. Kane.
1: yeah. Okay. I, I would argue Lawrence. that, uh, like even has one the the of the Brewers. most punchable faces in baseball. Yes,
0: argue. false. Salvador Perez would punch uh. in the face <laughs> immediately. <laughs> immediately.
2: Still, bitter. immediately
0: would punch in the face.
2: Although uh. I, well, I do Perez. have a question, quick question: Are the White Sox the Mets of Chicago, and are the Cubs the Yankees of Chicago? I
5: hate that comparison. No, no. I, mean, no, I just had this conversation actually <laughs> with. Tim Tim Ryder, he was on oh, visiting yeah. dugout that'll come out, you know, tomorrow or whenever we're recording, whenever this comes out. Um, and he asked that exact same question because <laughs> you know, that's what we hear. Yeah, we, they are kind of like treated to him about this. Yes, we are kind of <laughs> treated that way though, because Chicago, yeah. the Cubs are so popular and their ballpark is so historic and blah, ball- blah 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 and like ESPN forgets that the White Sox exist so I said it does kind of feel like that sometimes but where are the Cubs
1: 27 rings excuse me
0: they uh, like I was gonna say at least the Yankees fans have a reason to be assholes like I I hate the Yankees as much as the next mm -hmm. person but like Yankees fans do have a reason to be assholes like they won a bazillion world Series Mm -hmm. and they bought them blah 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 (laughs) Wrigley Field is held together with duct tape and a fucking prayer, and I'm (laughs) not even kidding because we we got my mom a tour of Wrigley. My mom is a Cubs fan; God bless her. We, my sister and I, gave her a tour of Wrigley, and it's free. Like you just, you know, you schedule it for them, and she's got pictures of the press box being held together with duct tape. And I'm like, all that needs is a possum. It needs the (laughs) Oakland A's (laughs) possum in there. Um, but yeah, like. The Yankees, thing, the Yankees Mets thing is hilarious to me because last year she and I, I, I always take my mom to Cubs games when the Mets are in town because I'm like, yeah, I get to see the Mets live. And my dad will not set foot in Wrigley, even if you pay Um, And last year, you know, it was the doubleheader and we're at the second game and there's this fucking Cubs fan sitting by us in the rows behind the Mets dugout. And he's like... Trying to talk shit to Mets fans, which I was like, bless your heart, kid. You're going to get destroyed by some guy from Brooklyn. (laughs) Uh, But he like, this kid fucking says to me, because, well, the Mets aren't even the best team in New York. And I looked at him and I'm like, where the fuck do you think you are right now? Because like at, at that point, like the Sox were actually doing well. And I was like, the Cubs aren't even the best team in their division. Let alone their city. Like, you need to. Shush. He's like, well, I've been a Cubs fan all my life. I said, I was in 2016. He's <laughs> like, well, yeah, that's
2: when I was 13. I was like, oh my God, you need to go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Although, do you know the legend of Cup Snake Jake? Yeah. <laughs> that happened during oh. the Cubs Mets game last year. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> Cubs- I was- Cup Snake Jake is an icon. It's true. He is an icon. Is.
0: I and was so. Mad that I was at the game and I missed it.
2: <laughs> Were I you at the game that. too, Allison. I was. I was at that game <sighs> was as well. I was So
0: mad about it because I kept seeing it on Twitter and I was like, I can't believe I missed this. This would have been hilarious to see on TV. Yeah,
1: I watched <laughs> the video like, the like a million times after because I was like, oh my god,
2: yep. this is hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, them. I don't. That's like, the only one Cubs fan we like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and we, we like we like our friends who P- oh, people. Yeah, oh yes,
1: yeah.
5: Cool. Yeah. they're allowed um <laughs> there is wonderful
0: there is wonderful there is
3: wonderful
5: fun um,
0: fact Steve Gelbs at that um sausage bar in Milwaukee this year he went there the day after crystal and i did
5: and yeah. i like to think that he he went there because he knew crystal and i were there. also but no don't even forget the Pete Alonzo going to the same breakfast spot the day after we yes! did he wow. went the day after we did yeah oh, miss talking. pete Alonzo.
3: wow
0: so mad you just know that that breakfast
5: breakfast place was dope oh it was so good (laughs) even though i burnt my tongue on oatmeal it was so good
0: wow that oatmeal was hot like an hour later too i I think like
5: my entire esophagus was burnt but it was still really delicious (laughs) (laughs) Um, that oatmeal defied the laws of
3: physics (laughs)
1: yeah I just think I don't know I I, like I think the Cubs White Sox like uh like dynamic is completely different than the Mets Yankees dynamic in both like better and worse ways I guess (laughs) I don't know like I just think it's very very different like I don't know a lot of little brother syndrome and always will but like it's it's a different thing
0: well (laughs) I would like to go to a Subway Series, and I feel like it will actually be less of a garbage fire than the Crosstown Classic. Uh,
2: I know I've been to a Subway Series game; it's miserable. You do don't do that to yourself. We stopped going, so
0: like we used to. When I I stopped going. I stopped going like I would take my mom like we always had season tickets my husband and I for 100 years (laughs) him and I always had season tickets and I would get I would sell the pub sock because I'm like I don't want to go I hate it I hate going it's so stupid I took my mom for a couple years um and then actually the series before my husband and I went to Dallas where we saw the um Elvis and Beltre um I got shit-faced the day before we left and made friends With a British guy who was sitting next to me for that game. And he said he was very impressed that Americans intermingled their fans because (laughs) in the UK in England they have to sit on different sides of the stadium to prevent fights. And I was like, you know what, buddy? We could probably deal with a lesson in that.
1: Yeah, no, they literally in the Premier League they literally will not let away fans sit in the in parts of the stadium because for safety. Yes.
0: That's amazing. I'm like yes. I feel like we need that because I've definitely seen Cubs fans and Sox fans peeing on each other yeah. at some Cubs. Yeah. Ew. All out
3: <laughs> all out the open too. I was like Ugh. similarly so we here. had
1: partial like a part like a like a 10 pack game plan or whatever growing up for Mets games and um and so and the, those packs always included a Subway Series game because they thought that that would be like a drawing thing for people to buy the packs. And after <laughs> after a while, my dad was like, "We're not going to those
0: anymore. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gross. I'm it's like, just I don't like to do
1: this. there wasn't even like a lot of out and out fighting. I just like hate being at those games because a lot of times, like in our own ballpark, the Yankees fans outnumber the Mets fans, and I just am so, uh
0: um, that's why that's a whole Brewers Cubs Brewers Cubs yeah. The yeah. Cubs fans call it Wrigley, Wrigley Field North or Wrigleyville North because yeah. they think it's cute. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's that you rich assholes just go and buy out the stadium because you think that you're fun. Yeah. Like,
2: and, they and they a- banning Like, didn't, didn't yeah. weren't, during the playoffs, weren't they banning like out of mm-hmm. code, like ticket sales or out of zip code and ticket sales? The nationals,
0: in the nationals yeah i was gonna say in milwaukee maybe but that's really something more like nashville like the national predators do that and i think um somebody else did it this season too maybe florida
3: that's I something that like they tried. Yeah, like nhl
0: yeah, yeah they, they, they
6: they tried to restrict ticket sales to just wisconsin addresses but the thing is though uh, Wisconsin has a lot of Cubs fans. Mm-hmm. So yeah. essentially you're just uh, you're essentially selling brewers tickets to people, Cubs fans. who just happen to live in Wisconsin. So yeah. no, that's not going to work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also like StubHub exists, <laughs> you know, that was like when my husband and I visited Nashville, we couldn't get tickets because obviously we had a Chicago address and zip code. Um, I just bought tickets on StubHub when we got there and I was like, Ta-da! I circumvented <laughs> your the, your you know. ironclad system. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Ha ha! Suck it, Predators!" Also, worst team in all of sports. Yeah, the Nashville Predator. Those fans yes. were awful, t- awful to us. I actually, and this—I was a Blackhawks fan my entire life up until all of the the other stuff came out about them with the sexual abuse. And my husband and I are there. And, you know, my husband didn't grow up with hockey, but, like, he, wa- you know, he watched it when we started dating and got married. And we're at the, pre- the National Predators game. And, you know, we have Blackhawk stuff on. You know, no big deal. We're not, like, we- we've we traveled to other arenas to see other teams before. And we're not obnoxious about it. And this drunk Predators fan looks at me and goes, oh, does your neck hurt from looking at us in the standings? No. <laughs> like, oh." Okay. And I turned, and I'm like, first of all, Irish kid from the south side of Chicago, like, I am mean as fuck. All right. And I just turned and looked at this guy. I said, no, it hurts from looking at all our fucking banners in the rafters. (laughs) And his buddies were like, ooh, she got you. I'm like, get the fuck away from me. All right.
1: I got spit on at Citizens Bank Park once. So that's probably my worst fan. Ew. No. I would. would Unprompted too. Just like I was wearing a David Wright jersey and a drunk Phillies fan did not like that. So that was. Mm,
0: My personality could never. I
1: think I was like, I'm like, I'm mean too. And like, if I'm prepared, I can be very, very rude. But I just, I was so stunned by it that I just think I just stared at him. And like I I think all
0: I did, all I said was what the fuck. <laughs> oh yeah. I see that's the problem. If I'm unprepared, I will full on go H. Like I will lose it. Like if somebody spit on me, zero thought process. Like I would be a TikTok video. <laughs> I'm easily <laughs> just like stunned into
1: submission because I'm constantly just like Appalled by the levels of you hu- that humanity will sink to. I guess I'm just like not I, every time I'm surprised by it somehow when I yeah. shouldn't be.
0: But oh, yeah, it would be like open mic night at the trap house. Like, <laughs> forget <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I have zero chill all the time. We have that. In it's common. pro, yeah, it is a problem. I am not a mellow person. Yeah, anyone spits on me, it's gonna be open night, mic- open mic night at the fuck trap house. Like, forget that's why it. you're
3: fun. That's why, we lo- that's why we love you.
1: Yes. Um, (laughs) but so we are going to, um, as we always do, we will end the show with walk-off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. So I'm just going to go around like kind of in clockwise order that you all are on on my screen. So that's Crystal. You go first.
5: Okay. I will say, my walk off win is that i get to be in new york for this terrible boring someone has to win series <laughs> <laughs> the teams yeah. about to have a mid off and you yes. will be right there Woo-hoo! i get to watch this mid off in person but at the same time i get to see Jose Cantona come back and i think Lucas is pitching the first game so mm-hmm. i'm excited about that but it also good news for you you're you you've got nothing to lose yeah, someone's exactly. gonna win. But also before I stop, I wanted to say like props to you know all of you Matt's girlies over there because Colleen and I have both been donating money all season to domestic violence organizations, win Clevenger pitches. So again, like Art. props to you guys for also doing that throughout Joel or October. So we're excited yes. to oh, um yeah, thank do you, that guys. again.
1: That's uh, that's Ooh. awesome, and I've been seeing it on Twitter. And you guys are awesome for doing that. That's like, that's really great.
5: It has started kind of a fire under White Sox fans. I've seen a lot of people say like, "Oh, I've Me seen you do it. I've seen you do it." And like now we're doing it every time. And I'm like, that's really cool. So that's why I always like post like accountability check. Mm. Are you doing this today? So again, yep. like props to you guys for also doing that dollars for dingers. That's. Amazing, yep, that warms our heart, and we will be doing
1: it again in September this year. So, uh, stay tuned, we will be providing information as it becomes available. But of course, we will be doing it again. Um, so keep
0: good because I got to get rid of the rest of my season ticket money. Man, Clevenger <laughs> keeps getting hurt, the weenie. <laughs> yes,
1: reserve that money for for uh, dollars for dingers, just like it is earmarks.
0: Yes. Okay, good. Excellent. And hopefully it's the match earmarked. will actually
1: hit diggers this year. <laughs> Christ. Uh yeah. Please, Pete, get out of your slump. Please. Pete, Pete. Uh it's basically Pete Alonso that we're relying on for this. And Francisco Lindor to a little bit of an extent. Um and Alvarez. And Alvarez. Yeah, Alvarez. True. Um Janice, what is your walk-off win?
6: Uh so my walk-off win, uh it's actually happening next next week. Uh so uh, next week is my anniversary. And so uh, what we are doing is we are actually going to Minneapolis uh, to, uh, lo and behold, see the White Sox. And so <laughs> a lot of uh, I, I had to like really kind of just like justify this in my head where it's just like uh, my boyfriend is also a White Sox fan for some background. Uh, and that's kind of how we met. So, uh, we essentially, like, like we we both just complain and, and bitch and moan about the socks and everything that, like, we feel that they could do better, essentially everything that we've said on the show, and... Uh yeah so a lot of or at least like to myself I'm like all right so why are we spending our anniversary our our, our first anniversary like a, 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 supposedly this hollowed occasion why are we going out of state to watch a team that we both despise and so I was thinking to myself, it was like, uh, it's just something we like to do together. And even though, I mean, like the White Sox could, you know, just shit their pants on the field for all, all we care. Uh, we just enjoy each other's company so much that it honestly Aww. doesn't matter like how terrible the White Sox are. Uh, it's just something that we share together. And it's like this communal misery that we have essentially uh, bonded over for for this past year. So, I mean, yeah, the White Sox could like shit themselves on the field for all we care, but like we're, we're essentially there for each other and that's what matters. But yeah, Yeah. that is my walk-off win.
3: Yay.
0: (laughs) Go to the delicious food hall again.
6: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I I will go to that delicious food hall. Uh, And I actually did get us tickets in club level, Uh, a a target field club level has some really fantastic food. Uh, and he's never been, too. So it's definitely going to
4: be target a great experience. Target Field is nice. Yeah, it really I is. It's so. yeah, a nice you field. Can, you can bring a
0: bag in, like a normal yes. size bag. <laughs> yes, you can bring a normal bag in. Of- oh, There's that immediately no tar- has my support then. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. There is no Target sad. attached to Target Field, which is disappointing. a little false <laughs> advertising there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm still so mad about that, by the way. I'm like, that yep. could be the team store. You can get all kinds of
2: stuff there. <laughs>
1: um yeah as someone who uh whose partner is also a Mets fan um and we bond over the misery and that's like that's how we met also you know I I feel that Janice definitely
6: like we may be
5: miserable but we're miserable together and that's all yeah
6: that's all that matters
5: (laughs) I spent my wedding night at a crosstown cup game like in my wedding dress still Um, amazing that's all of that Perfection. Like, why did I do that to myself? But, yeah, I love the whole partner <laughs> bonding over bad teams thing. Yes. <laughs> um, oh. Colleen, what
1: is your walk-off win?
5: Um, I do gonna, not in. I'm going to – oh, did you say Colleen
0: or Keelan?
4: Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I say Colleen, but you can go,
0: Keelan. Nope. It's fine. No, nope. <laughs> Keelan, go. No. <Nope. laughs> oh, okay. You want to go?
4: Are we going to rock, paper, scissor it?
0: Yeah, let's rock, paper, scissor. Well, uh, the, my camera's not on. We you go.
3: Oh, uh,
0: Okay. I don't have a baseball one, but I will say um, Burley is in his last round of heartworm treatment this week, Yay. and Yay. Yay. and it is looking good Ooh. that he will be able to go back to daycare and be a puppy again in the next couple weeks. Oh, what a good boy. good boy. He's a very Burley. good boy.
3: Proud Burley got him. all kinds of
0: snacks today, and then I had to chase him around and try and give him a pill.
3: <laughs> that was less no.
0: fun for me but he enjoyed it yes it's been a long road yes yeah it's uh, been a long uh, heartworm summer, is nasty difficulty. business um, it is expensive business yes. everybody gets your dog it get your dog heartworm treatments tested all of the good things because this is an expensive road to go down
1: yeah yeah i can't imagine
4: all right keelan what's your walk-off win <laughs> Mine's also uh, not baseball related. I'm excited
0: to see Barbie. Yes,
6: yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Are Let's you go. doing the
0: the double feature, Barbie Barbenheimer? Awesome. <laughs> Barbenheimer, yeah. Oh, Barbenheimer, yes. The government is okay. so happy that Barbie's coming out at the same time. I will say <laughs> it's got to be Barbenheimer.
2: Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for oh. you. Um,
0: That's exciting.
2: Linda, what is your walk-off win for this week? Well, thank you, Keelan, for doing that because I, we're doing a Barbie day at work, (gasps) so I get to dress up. I bought a hot pink dress, and I'm wearing it to work.
3: Oh, (laughs) Oh,
0: my my goodness.
2: That's amazing. That's so
0: so fun.
2: So I am so excited that we're doing Barbie day, Mm -hmm. and then I can do a Barbie story time. (gasps) (gasps) I want to come to your work. Your work (laughs) is more fun than mine come please we're fun libraries so. are the best yes we love libraries? our libraries Whoa. yay <laughs> for libraries Woo! yay yes yes. <laughs> advertising sucks go to your library instead yes go to your local <laughs> library and support your local libraries especially now because a lot of assholes are uh making our lives miserable but this is a walk-off loop. yes go to your library they have a barbie
3: day
1: Yes, they have Barbie Day at Linda's library, so you should go. Yes. Um, so my walk off win for this week is similar is a bit similar to Janice's in the sense that I did a ba- uh, Michael and I did a baseball trip um, recently. Um, we were in San Diego for the Mets Padres series. Thankfully, oh we fun went to two Friday nice. games. The only game that the Mets won. Yeah. Um,
0: so <laughs> that's because you were there. Yeah.
1: Usually okay. have pretty bad luck at in person games. You can ask anybody who's been to many of the Mets <laughs> yeah. National games that I've been to, uh, they have not uh, done well in those games historically, despite the fact that the Mets have been better than the Nationals almost every year, but you know. (laughs) Um, yep. but they did win the game that uh that we attended in San Diego. They hey. walk, they walked it, uh, they didn't walk it off, they were the weight team, but they won it in extra innings, which was awesome. Um, it was a very fun game to be at. I enjoyed myself. Petco Park is beautiful. Um, I really loved it. It was like probably one of my favorites <laughs> of the ballparks that I've been to so far, um, along with PNC and Camden Yards. Um, so it was absolutely wonderful. The whole San Diego trip was wonderful. We went to the zoo. We did Torrey Pines, the National Reserve. We did the <clears> beach. <throat> we did everything. And it was awesome. And it was exhausting. And, you know, I'm tired still. <laughs> Even though I've been back for a while. Um, but, yeah, it was a really fun trip. Um, and that is my walk-off win for this week. Um, oh, I'm so
0: jealous. Yeah, San Diego the, seems amazing. The weather was incredible
1: and I had to come back to the east coast humidity and be like oh it's 90 degrees and humid I hate this um it was
0: yeah, wildfire smoke
1: degrees. yeah a wildfire smoke yep we've got that back in DC again yeah it's awful um but yeah the the trip was awesome uh I maybe saw the like last good Mets game of the year so that's cool <laughs> um oh. yeah um Thank you all ladies for coming on. Uh, We really appreciate it. Um, So uh, real quick, uh, where can we find each of you on the internet? Uh, Crystal, you go first.
5: Yeah, I am just um, on Twitter, mostly at Crystal underscore OK. That's C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L underscore OK. And then you can find a lot of things I do at Southside Sox, Willits Pen, and List
1: awesome how about you janice where can people find your work and you online
5: yeah so i am uh,
6: both on twitter and uh the good weather app aka blue sky uh so uh <laughs> my handle on both of those is scuriosa uh but twitter has an extra eye because uh someone named solange uh not beyonce's sister by the way I uh, like, has- Solange. yeah <laughs> Not not that Solange, no, uh, but, but apparently she's had my handle since twenty twelve, and uh, I, I can't get Elon to give that handle up, uh, but otherwise, you can find my work at uh, Southside Sox, uh, baseball prospectus, and uh, yeah, that's all for now.
1: Awesome. Colleen, how about you? Where can people find you on the internet?
0: I am also on that delightful bluey weather app um and on Twitter, Twitter is usually me just cramming or live tweeting vanderpump rules lately um both are my full name so at colleen sullivan um and occasionally i am over at Willits pen uh formerly at southside socks you can still find some old shit i wrote over there though um (laughs) making usually making fun of the royals also (laughs) probably complaining about Always, always making fun of the Royals, probably complaining about Tony LaRusso in the archives. Awesome. Um, How about you, Keelan?
1: Where can people find you?
4: Um, On Twitter, I am at Keelan underscore 12 foot and it is K-E-E-L-I-N underscore one, two, F-T. And I think I'm the same thing other places. um, And I'm... With Willits Finn, like everybody else here, and also uh, with Razzball, and I do football and baseball for them.
1: Amazing. Y'all should check out these ladies' work. They are all fantastic writers, um, and they do a great job. Um, so you can find this show um, and all of our fantastic pods on homerunapplesauce.com. You can go to patreon.com homerunapplesauce to support our work. Um, it really, really helps uh, keep the lights on here and keep us employed. Um, so please, if you have uh, some spare change to throw our way can go to Patreon and support us. Um, you can follow Homerun Run applesauce on uh, Twitter and Instagram at HR applesauce. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram and soon blue sky. I have a blue sky ready to go. It's not live yet, but it will happen uh, at a pot of their own. Hopefully that's not taken on blue sky. It wasn't on Twitter, so it shouldn't be taken on blue sky. Um, but you can find us uh, on Twitter on, and Instagram at that same handle at a pot of their own. You can find each of us on Twitter. I am at Petit PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Cervich. And Maggie is at Maggie 162. Um, and I think a couple of us are also on Blue Sky. I'm on Blue Sky at the same handle. Um, so yeah, uh, please uh, rate and review the show uh, if you listen to it on your favorite podcast app of choice. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. Uh, and, and White Sox when they're not playing the Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in pie.